Hello, love. Welcome to Floating on a Cloud podcast. It is the feeling you get when you are connected to your divine guidance. Sarah Sparks interviews guests to share their story on how listening to their divine guidance positively changed their life for good. Let's make listening to your divine guidance an everyday occurrence. Hello, loves. Welcome back to Floating on a Cloud podcast. I'm your host, as you know, Sarah Sparks. And today we are chatting with Chelsea Lee Woodstraw. We connected through an anthology that we are doing together called Sacred Medicine, and it's out and it's available. And so we'll have to insert the link somewhere on this. Um, so y'all can go check it out. She is a body worker, movement therapy specialist, light worker, author, speaker, mama. So welcome. Love. I'm excited to get to know you. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. This yes. is exciting. It's you really look cool. so gorgeous. I love the all the things. Okay. And do, do your earrings say dope? They definitely <laughs> do. They're dope AF. I got them at the Indigenous People's slash Black Lives Matter rally. It was so fun. <laughs> I love them. And I love that you have big earrings with the short hair. I have stellar I like I have these I love big earrings but I'm not wearing any today because most of the time my hair covers it so. yeah well you have amazing hair so it's totally understandable <laughs> I'm sure when you wear it up then that's time to whip out the big earrings mm -hmm. so. for sure <laughs> all right so talk about divine guidance with me what do you call do you say divine guidance what, what do you refer to it as I mean, I use all the words because I work with so many different people as well. Mm -hmm. um, so like for me, there are like guides, angels, ancestors, spirit that all resonates. Sometimes it's God, sometimes it's goddess. Like it's just whatever comes through in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty comfortable with all of those words. So um, I had times where I was less comfortable with like saying God, um, and I know for some people that can be what really resonates and for other people that turns them right off. Mm -hmm. So I think spirit is probably my favorite spirit, universal source energy. Those are kind of what I feel like resonate for like the vast majority where people can kind of meet you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I usually say spirit. I honestly, I had a whole stigma around saying channel. Like yeah. when people would ask me, oh, are you a psychic? Or like they would have like tag me or hashtag, you know, like on Instagram, whatnot, and tag me as a psychic. I was like, whoa, easy there, fella. Like, <laughs> or lady. <laughs> I was like, don't you call me a psychic? I mean, that would be, <laughs> that would be channeling. And I could, but it felt very, I felt like there was this uh almost like i'm a circus act from 1943 with a globe and all and and a funky garb <laughs> I, yeah totally like, am but also just being comfortable with whatever you call it i think is yeah so have you always listened have you always tuned in yeah absolutely so came in as like a little being i was able to see energy around people didn't even really realize that that was like you know not that everyone can see it um grew up in a pretty conservative community but with a really open-minded mom so i was like really really 
blessed and obviously guided right in to be with her um, so that she could help me like foster that. But she also kind of loved it so much that as a kid, she'd be like, oh, read them, read them. And that was really overwhelming, especially being in West Michigan, which is kind of like sometimes the Northern Bible Belt. It could be really scary. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure some past life or an ancestral stuff like coming down the line of like, okay, I want to share this, but also don't want to be burned at the stake. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and then being a kid and maybe seeing like an illness or something I, that I necessarily couldn't put words to, but being like, oh, there's a big brown blob in your aura, like wanting, not really wanting to tell adults that and have it be a personal thing, mm -hmm. you know, not knowing how to have the boundaries at a young age. So kind of like turned my gift off for a lot of years really? um, and was pretty sick because of it for a long time. So yeah, have worked back into opening back up and feeling safe being yes. able to connect mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. on the are you in, are you still in michigan um i am in michigan yeah i've lived a lot of other places now but we're back here because our family is here and i have a 10 year old daughter so being with the people and the roots is is really valuable and i love michigan it's it's beautiful yes do you live like where where do you we're in rapids so um uh, no i get it no i get it. i know where you're at yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So not far. I know the, the proverbial mitten comes out, but <laughs> near the lake shore a little bit, like maybe half hour to 40 minute drive to Lake Michigan. So and Holland, Michigan is yes. near there. So little sidebar with this. The dream that I share most of the time in all my stories is of uh, I'm walking on a beach, water to my right, sun to my right. Um, There's like white sand, which not really Holland, Michigan, but there's a point to all this. And so sun was setting, like birds flying over. There was a man walking about um, 12 feet in front of me, six feet tall, dark hair, all the things. And I had the dream once a week for an entire year. And then I met my ex-husband in the dream turn like it stopped um so in that I was 18 yes I was just I was just getting starting my senior year because I asked I was like overwhelmed of like where should I go I asked God I was like what should I do what what are some answers what does my life look like I've got all these questions to answer and I just felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and I had to answer which I hope 18 year olds now know that they don't have to feel that way and that <laughs> there's other options and things. But anyways, I got the dream and that whole senior year and even into like that summer before I was going to go off to college, I would be continually looking. So my sit like looking for this man and I'm like, I, mean, I would look in like Paul, like, like it was now illogical because I would be like, not on a beach, not, you know, anywhere. So my sister and brother-in-law and their three kids took me on their family vacation. They had a conference to go to in Grand Rapids. And so we stopped in Holland, Michigan. <laughs> and shortly right before that, I met this guy online 
yeah, I know, safe, right? Really, really great ideas. Um, because I was 18. Yeah. So it was probably like instant messenger. So I mean, it was probably something like, I don't know. Um, and he said he had lived in Grand Rapids. And so I was alone, like Holland, Michigan. Like I was at the beach and I was like, well, maybe this is the guy. Like maybe, oh my gosh, like this is it. And I, I met him and I'm like, nope. <laughs> I met him in like a public space and my nephew, my nephew, my nephews and niece, niece were there. And my sister was like watching from afar and he walks up and I'm like, nope. I, I spent like maybe an hour or two with him getting to know him, but I was like, nope, this is not the guy. Like it felt like home in the dream. And the dude was like six feet tall, broad shoulders. And this guy typical I'm five, nine. And so typical like guy conversation, women lie about their, their weight men are like, yeah, I'm six foot. I'm like, dude, I'm five, nine. You're shorter than I am. You have to be at least five, eight. Like this, you're not six foot. Come on, like get it together. <laughs> so that's my only story of Holland, Michigan and Grand Rapids. So. <laughs> that's a good one. It is a beautiful beach. It's actually one of my favorite places in like all the world. So yeah, that's, that's funny. We went though. jet skiing on it. And at 18, I had no fear because I had no children. As soon as I had a child, I was like, oh my God, I can't go on fast things. What if I die? Oh my God, children. <laughs> when I was 18, I was like, 60 miles an hour across water. You betcha. Let's do this. <laughs> Yes, you only live once, right? So, <laughs> all, all the things. Oh, heaven. All right. Back to divine guidance. I mean, I think we were divinely guided there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. So, what happens when you do listen and versus when you did turn it off? Yeah. So, um, now because I listen all the time, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, like I know one of your questions later or whatever that you had sent me is about, um, differentiating between a thought and then like a received yeah. message. And there are both, but I feel like when your intention is just constantly to connect that line starts to blur a lot of me and spirit, because we're so connected that, everything is divinely offered and every thought is a divine thought, you know, everything yes. leads you to right where you need to be. And so I would say like when, when it's turned off for me or shut down or whatever, that's just me not being receptive to it because it's still always there, right? It's this infinite possibility, always supporting us, always around us, always waiting for us to just go, Oh, and, um, so I feel like I shut it down or I turn it off when I'm get wrapped up in human drama, right? Mm. When I get wrapped up, like, oh, I spiral, I go down deep into pain or stories or big one is that we think we can control what someone else is doing. That's always huge, right? Like mad at someone, resentful at someone, anytime those come up, I know I'm off because that's, that's not spirit. Like that's mm -hmm. not divine, compassionate love and truth. That's mm -hmm. our perception 
thinking that someone else has control over our joy, our health, our wealth, any of that, which just isn't true. Mm -hmm. But it can feel really real. Mm -hmm. So I think that space is when I'm less plugged in, is when I'm believing those stories that someone else has control over any part of me. Mm -hmm. And that's ongoing human stuff, right? That's the shit we all deal with on the regular. And so anytime I find myself there, I just try to like snap back in. And if I'm mad at someone else, I I love my friend Maggie gave me this um, prayer of heal them, fix me, heal them, fix me. So just always wanting the best for everyone, even, even if I don't like them or they've upset me or whatever, heal them. I want the best for them. I want love to flow to them and fix whatever's broken in me. Mm-hmm. So no longer I, triggered. I love that for numerous reasons. First thing that came up was that you're not taking responsibility to fix them or right. even heal them. Yeah. And we as healers and body workers and light workers, we feel that we have to heal, fix all the things. And we don't like uh, once I learned that it is not my responsibility to make sure that my clients get the results that I want for them or even that they want for them, that I'm not like, then it opened up for me to work with more people because then it's like, Ooh, let, let more in. That's one thing. Do people ever ask you, like, how can you, how can you be around so many people? And I feel like just that phrase would be the thing. It's like I'm not taking on other people's stuff. I got my own stuff that I'm working on. You know, like I'm not. I'm just here to share whatever the divine is coming through. But it's not my responsibility to heal them or fix them. Mm -hmm. And I think for like empathetic people, which. I think all people are on some level and some of us are just more conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big piece too is just remembering to constantly clear our own space, like clear ourselves, because it is easy to take on other people's stuff. And as healers and light workers and coaches and all those things, it's very easy to, yeah, want to fix and give results and whatever, but we're all responsible for ourselves. And that includes us even as we're helping others or showing the way or whatever it is we're doing, honing our own light and and that connection to source and connection to the planet. And then just continually cleansing, cleansing, clearing the things that we might find difficult being with so many people, right? Mm -hmm. Be with so many people. Well, the second it comes into my field, it's going to get transmuted. And so it's not going to continue to affect me. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really helpful. For sure. Yeah. The thought, next thought that came up is by turning your divine guidance back on, A, how did you turn it on? Was it just a decision? And B, did you, do you, are you healthier now? Because you said like by turning it off, you weren't feeling well. Yeah, for sure. So I was like chronically ill from probably like fourth grade to maybe 10th or 11th grade on and off would catch everything was always fatigued, lots of body pain. And, but I was like in a really healthy looking body. Um, and so definitely kind of felt like a hypochondriac because medicine, 
medical doctors would be like, oh yeah, fibromyalgia symptoms, but you're this healthy kid. And um, I wasn't, I, I like had mono and all, just all the things. Um, and then I don't really know what shifted at that point. If it was maybe even just a piece of independence that really helped me. Cause it was sort of like around the time I got my driver's license, I feel like my health shifted. Um, and then I still feel like I was kind of like hiding my gifts or, or not even remembering my gifts for some time. Mm -hmm. um, but my mother, who I was so close with and was an amazing human, passed away when I was 16, right before I turned 17, like really unexpectedly. And I remember for like two years, just having this like, where are you? Like these Simba moments of being like, why aren't you here? You said you'd always be there for like, I was totally that. Um, and it confused the heck out of me because she was so spiritual and definitely spoke about all of that, about spirit and angels and things. And I felt so alone. I know I was turned off at that point in, I don't know if it was just the grief and lack of resources or whatever, but eventually that shifted to where I was able to, oh, I see you in everything. And then like messages would start coming through and I felt so much more connected. And then having my daughter totally brought in a new piece. Mm. Um, and, and my husband too, like I think having a real love also really opened me back up to safety in my gift so it was a gradual process like not necessarily a one and done you, just like it is it's an mm -hmm. ongoing thing all the time so yeah. yeah how do you receive um oh gosh actually a lot of ways <laughs> so um I do love, like meditation and I love like Christy Marie Sheldon is somebody who I've done courses of. And, and so I love her thing of ABC, always connected. And so she does um, channeling and uh, helps to just like clear your field, clear old traumas in, in your body. And um, that was, that was really awesome. So I felt like I would actually just receive through meditation and like guided meditation a lot. Um, but I'll hear things, I'll feel things, I'll see things. So kind of all of them. Um, and since I do such tactile work with people, because I do body work, I will definitely like get physical sensation with that and just kind of know where things are and what needs to be addressed. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes just messages will come through or like an individual entity that needs to talk to somebody who's passed or whatever, they might come through with a message. So that, that happens and just like, oh, they have a message for you and I just kind of relay that. And then other times it's like, wow, their presence is really strong and it's not necessarily verbal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it comes through in a lot of ways. Yes. Wow. Oh, how did you, have you, so you had it and then you turned it off and now it's back on. How did you teach yourself feel into that trust of that yeah. guidance yeah so again I feel like meditation and yoga is like one of the most important ways because it was um it 
cultivated the quiet space to listen and the awareness of like my ego, the awareness of like where I wasn't just growing towards my best self. Like it was never with the intention of like, I've got to turn my gifts back on and listen to spirit again. It was more like, I have to be a good person. And so sometimes that looks like um, less gossip or less addictions or, you know, like doing the things to become a healthier, better human started to just open me back up to what's natural for me. Mm-hmm. So yes. when you said just being a healthier human, I remember after my second daughter was born, I think it was, she's born in June of 2018. And I think it was around like October 1st of 2018. I just got the nudge to become vegetarian, uh, vegan. And I have now incorporated cheese and eggs. Um, so I s'more and the occasional bacon, <laughs> which is not... <laughs> Not vegetarian or vegan. Um, honestly, it's because I love it. And that's that. <laughs> but I have given myself leap. So I, that was that for ooh, over a year. Vegan, straight on. No, no cheating, no nothing. And then, or incorporating, not even cheating, just incorporating different things. And then now it's vegetarian, like I said, but with the occasional bacon. So it, um, it's just, it was, I feel like it was a divinely guided thing because what I felt, and I don't know, I haven't really talked about this with anybody, but after like the third, fourth week, it was in the back of my, like inside my brain, something shifted and it wasn't like parasite. I mean, it wasn't something in me shifted and then, so that would have been like beginning of November. And then around Thanksgiving, that Friday after Thanksgiving, we went into Chicago and to start looking at the lights and the, the German market, Chris Kringle market. And we were, went to the zoo. And I remember looking at the zebras. Yes, it was the zebras. And I was just reading what they were eating and like their natural habitat and just the information about them and I was like they eat what I eat and all of a sudden like this like expansive happened like inside my brain and it I just felt it like inside me and it just like opened up and it was like we are one like I believed in oneness but I was like holy cow we are one oh yeah and it was it was cool yeah so cool. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody eats. It's not like I'm trying to no. shove anything down. And same as like spirits. There are some, there are some people who are, are placed on this planet to help you shift your thoughts around politics, religion, food, all the like very strong opinions. That's not me. I'm like, you do you. Like, I know, like, just like, I'm supposed to lead you. You do you. I do me. Good job. Whatever. Yeah. So but yeah, when you when you just were talking about being the healthier version of you, that's just what reminded well, me of it. Well, that makes so much sense because, and like you said, I mean, it's about you do you. You were listening to what you needed, but we all have our way that we need to cleanse the vessel. And this, like, this human body is our vessel. And mm-hmm. so if we're going to be listening to spirit while we're in this marriage of spirit and matter... We have to find our ways, whether it's movement, diet, drink more water, do more breath work, whatever the 
uh, clears you up and makes you more receptive to that universal love and, and listening to truth and being real, then that's what works. Mm-hmm. And, and incorporate bacon as needed. Like <laughs> a girl needs some flavor on her palate. <laughs> like you're, you're honoring you. I mean, I've done that too. Honestly, I've been, my, my dad's girlfriend calls me a flexitarian, which is like the most honest and accurate <laughs> description because I've been like, vacillated between vegan and vegetarian for years and then also my family will watch me throw back a cheeseburger like when I need one I just need one and and some points in my life I eat a lot more meat but I really try to just like listen to what my body needs and whatever we're eating just honor it just Mm -hmm. honor like Mm -hmm. I think that's such a beautiful practice that um, one of the most lovely things about religion, because sometimes that can be really off-putting, but, um, and it can be really beautiful for others, but I really think, like, the honoring and the ceremony of blessing your food before it goes into your body, it doesn't even matter if you're eating McDonald's or, like, a five-star meal or a home-cooked meal, just be grateful for where it came from and that it's going to heal your cells and give your body what it needs. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, where do you feel, how do you incorporate, uh, what's the question? Where has your intuition, your divine guidance led you? I love it. Any cool stories? uh, So many. So, um, okay, let's see. Um, I feel like when I have a goal, it's super easy for me to just like things manifest really quickly for me. So like when I was 18, I wasn't sure what I wanted to, or 17, wasn't sure what I wanted to do and then decided, oh, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to go to SEL school in St. Petersburg, you know, 1200 miles away or whatever. And then it all just lined up. It all lined up, made it happen when it, um, my boyfriend who's now my husband uh he was we were dating for like a short period of time had been friends for a couple of years and he'd never lived out of Michigan and previous to him I was like I will never make a decision for a guy like I'm gonna do me if they want to follow me they can but I will not like follow a dude (laughs) okay I was so in love with him he was gonna move to Costa Rica with his friend and I was like well what if we move somewhere else instead? Like I gave him this other option and we did. So that's what happened. Instead of him leaving, going to Costa Rica, he and I moved to Boulder, Colorado. And again, it just lined up. So like that's sort of how things I'm so lucky, I feel like. And, and I really am intentional. Like when it's what I want and it's lined up right, it just, lines up it just happens like the money comes the apartment opens everything lines up and that's <laughs> everything is in my life I feel like like I'm really like if it doesn't line up for me it's not meant to be mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. then it's dream and or or it's later but yeah uh, mm. so it led me to Europe it's led me to hair school massage school to opening my business to the love of my life to all the things 
So. I know it's led me everywhere. And you lived in St. Pete. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's where I, that's where I woke up and St. Oh. St. Pete beach yes. from, um, PCI. I think, I don't know what year you were there, but it was the Swigwam and then PCI. Um, there's like hotel bar. They're all along St. Pete beach there. Yeah. We stayed at the Serata and so the man from the dream that I was talking about is my husband and we met on St. Pete beach. There's the white sand. It's I like know. Clear water, like that white sand. Oh my gosh. I love that we've been in all these same places. <laughs> I know. I love, as soon as you said St. Petersburg, I was like, get out of town. Oh my God. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so cool. We are Did definitely going to have beach did you meet him walking on the beach oh so um it's all actually in the book that, that we wrote together <laughs> I haven't read anybody else's chapter so don't, don't, don't. <laughs> so um yes so we went there because my friend my college roommate was like oh my gosh Sarah you were being a total bee like i and I made the decision to get divorced from the, my my previous husband. All the things were just happening. And so we went to St. Pete Beach three times. We're told to, mul to go to Mulligan's, which is not that what, what it's called now, but it was kind of like on Blinds Pass area, St. Pete Beach, Madeira, yeah. like that all like Treasure Island area. And so we went there, walked past this man. I felt like this instant, like, <gasps> like this hop, like my whole body just kind of, whoo. and I was like, hmm, I don't, I don't know what that is. I got to go to the bathroom. And I just went to the bathroom. <laughs> so I came, I came back, sat down. We talked for a bit. He came over through this like awkward situation. He came over. And then after talking for a bit, he offered a rape free drive back to my hotel. And I mean, he had like cargo shorts on flip flops, t-shirt, baseball cap, glasses, beard, like he, it, like he screamed it nerd and like craft beer dude. Like that's just, it's funny. Like now we're out and people are like, can you help me with my computer? Or do you, do you know anything about my phone? Or, um, or like we were at Costco and someone's like, hey, sir, do you know where the beer's at? Oh my God. <laughs> he just has a look to him and it is. And, and he knows it. And I mean, customer service too, apparently. <laughs> um, so he, 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 to me just felt safe. And so I was like, oh, rate free drive back to the hotel. Okay. Like you got me there, buddy. I like that pickup line. And most of the guys that weekend were always like, oh, did you know you have beautiful eyes? And I'm like, oh, make me vomit. Like, what? that's your pickup line? And he's like, well, you do have pretty eyeballs. Like, like he just, he just is like weird. And then like when he came up to me, he was like, um, so you don't smile much, do you? And that like pissed me off and also intrigued me because months prior, I wanted to end my life. And so I was like, how in the world does a stranger know me? So fast forward, he drink, he, he takes us on our rate free drive downtown the beach, <laughs> step to his word on that. Thank you. And, um, and, but I'm probably, I'm, 
I'm a woman that, that can take care of herself. So I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have happened in the first place. But anyways, um, so drops us off and he's like, we, we get a drink and he's like, well, do you want to go walk on the beach for a bit? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we continue talking. I drop my cup as we're walking on the beach and I turn back around. He's 12 feet in front of me, six feet tall, dark hair, brown hair, sun setting, water, sand, seagulls, all the things. And I was like, oh, what? And it's been 10 years now since the dream. I totally, I mean, I didn't forget about the dream, but it wasn't like the dream is in my mind. You know, yeah. I, I'd always like randomly, even with my, my ex-husband, poor soul would be like, I would be like out in like vacation or somewhere. And I was like, I wonder if that's the guy. I wonder if that's the guy. <laughs> like while I'm holding hands with my husband like or the ex-husband, oh, that's so lovely. And, uh, oh my God. Anyways. So I, I like instantly knew, but I did not tell him. I was well, yeah. not going to be like, oh my God, I just met you. Like you're the man from my dreams. Like, oh my God. Like, no, that would have made him, Mr. IT, be like, mm, I am going to cyber stalk you. And then also now never talk to you again because you're weird. <laughs> How long did it take until you told him? So we met <clears throat> July 5th, 2009. And it was, so we saw each other once a month-ish, uh, either because I was still living in Iowa and or I'd go back down to St. Pete area. So I think it was November that I finally was like, so I need to share something with you. And I felt comfortable at that point because we would talk for at least an hour every day when we weren't together. And then we'd spend three hours, three days together. And yeah. we all know what happened during those three days for <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a lot of talking because we talked all the time on the phone. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yes. uh, now that all our listeners can have that visual, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, I mean, so yes, that's how we met and it was the man and all the things. And, you know, I, I always add in there, like we're still human. And so we still, yes, we were supposed to meet and we realized um, our souls met through different circumstances because um, he's five and a half years older than I, when I was in my womb, when he was going through something like our souls met and um, we made an agreement to meet up in this lifetime. And we definitely are soulmates, but my goodness, we push each other. <laughs> and yeah, what were you gonna say? No, I just think that it's good for people to like know that just because you're with the love of your life or your soulmate or your twin flame or anything like that doesn't mean it's like, mushy gushy lovey-dovey perfectness all the time we're still human beings and really marriage especially is all about like the grind it's about making us into that perfect pearl right <laughs> Finding the diamond of the coal like it's pressure and difficulty and that's where the growth and the juice is it's yes. worth it it's painful sometimes I know well the ex-husband and I never fought we never disagreed on anything we really worked well together I mean it was it was a very like we were great roommates and friends um not like the passion that that was there maybe like the first couple of years I think like with any relationship oh but Craig and I have been together for uh 10 11 12 ish years now holy macaroni <laughs> there's been moments of passion in all sorts of ways, very high, very low, arguing, then making up and it's all over yeah. the place. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there's good. been a lot of growth. Yeah, a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. 
for sure. So yes, even though we are soulmates and it, we met in like a magical way, what we have learned, it's just what you were talking about in the beginning of, you know, the um, heal them and fix me first the, the actual thought that came to me was just allow and like the the first thing that i i teach people when they're wanting to tap in and amplify that inner wisdom is to allow and what does that mean but then these these five steps that they teach can be applied in every aspect of your life and it was one of the things that really saved craig and my marriage when it wasn't all that blissful was I realized that I was trying to control his outcome and I was like I see at I almost feel like it's the gift that I have is to see someone's soul and why it's here and all it's like awesomeness and its magnitude and what it's really here to do and when we're showing up as our human selves and being complete a-holes I'm like dude your soul is like ah! like what are you doing and so I, I'm like here read this book here listen to this podcast here I want to help you and he's over here going don't row my boat Sarah Sparks like get off my boat yeah. <laughs> and I'm over here like no here's my paddle here help I'll do it and he's like oh I'm a grown-ass man <laughs> yeah so I had to learn to allow like heal him, fix me. Just what you said. I had to allow him to show up however he wants to show up. And all of a sudden he's like, Hmm, I think I need to read that book. I think I need to listen to that. Podcast. And I was like, Oh, good job. Good job. I, yeah. Cause when we think that like our, the ego, the control, the idea that we can mm-hmm. automatically just by being you that inspired him to do it himself. Like you totally allowed him to do his thing and he had the space, he had the space to then step up and be like, okay, I think I'm gonna, like, it's so different. It's such mm-hmm. a different energy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. So I shared a lot on this podcast about me. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> Usually it's all about you, woman. <laughs> but, um, so any final advice for listeners who want to have more floating in the cloud moments? I think some of the most important things for anyone who's wanting to tap into spirit more and, and float on a cloud is to recognize that you're also in a body. And so grounding and quieting and meditating, whether that is guided meditation or simply breath work, I think the most profound things happen for us receptivity wise when we just learn to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, and, and that's for inside, that inside chatter. And I think people also have this idea of meditation being um, you know, oh, I just have to sit quietly and not think anything. Okay, I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, yeah, nobody can. Your brain is supposed to work and thoughts are going to come. And so it's really beautiful to have the perception of meditation of let the thoughts come. The thoughts are there. It's good. Your brain is working. It's doing just what it's supposed to. So let them come like waves, like clouds like cars on the road, let them come into your awareness and then pass by. It's about learning to not follow the thought. And if you follow the thought, that's cool too. Then just come back to your breath, 
come back to your breath. Always come back to your breath and love yourself. Those are my messages. Breathe, love yourself. And, you know, that that will give you more cloud moments. Well, how can people connect with you? Um, you can connect with me on Facebook, either Chelsea Lee Woodstra or um, Abundance and Salon and Spa Services. Um, I'm also on Instagram as Chelsea Lee Light or Divine Style Light. So either one of those, those are all good. And yeah, I'm in Grand Rapids. So I also have my phone number is on my Facebook if people want to reach out that way. Wonderful. Well, we will have that in the description. So please reach out to Chelsea and just remember to breathe, let go and love yourself. So, so much love to you. Thank you so much for being here, your energy, your wisdom and sharing with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning into this episode. For more information about the guest and how to listen to your divine guidance, please click on the episode description. So much love to you. See you soon. Thank you.